Welcome back to Power of the Mind, the podcast where we give you simple tools to improve your relationships with yourself and with other people. We're continuing our discussion of family systems today. We get into a, a talk about the mascot role. The mascot's the youngest child, typically, not always, in the family system. We learn a lot about how the mascots work with each other and within the family system and how they present as adults as well. Stick around. It's going to be a good time. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in to Cast 11, Power of the Mind with Granite Mountain Behavioral Healthcare. And um, like I say every week, my favorite part of the week, I'm here with Greg. How are you doing, Greg? I'm doing great. How are good. you? Good, good. So I just want to jump right in. Let's you jump in. Both jump it in. Let's so this is kind of, um, I want to say three part, five part, 10 part, just diving into the family dynamics and family talking systems, about- yep. Talking about the crazy, it is not our fault, people. It is not. It is has so much to do with how, when you were born, how many kids are in your family, what role was kind of that part. And if you watched, if you're kind of jumping in on this one, maybe jump back to the the podcast before this. We talk about kind of the d- dynamics of kind of the family system. And we really uh, dove into the lost child, which mm-hmm. for those lost children out there, you know, I had one person tell me, oh, you're talking about me. Finally, somebody's talking about me. Well, we're done. We're done talking about this. <laughs> Just kidding. Done talking about the lost children for now, but I'm sure it'll jump back. Sure. Um, so there's, do you mind just reminding yeah, everybody? Yeah, so we've got the, the, the hero, the, the mascot, the mediator, um, the scapegoat, and the lost child. Those are the five roles that we'll see frequently in family systems. The hero is the one, often the firstborn, they tend to wave the crest of the family system and do everything the family expects and then even a little bit more. The mediator is peaceful and gentle and wants to keep the peace. And the mascot tells jokes and is funny and is cute. And then we have the other two roles are the lost child, which is the the role of the child who tries to escape the family more or less, tries to find someplace else to be, uh, or who just doesn't fit in with the family. And then finally, the scapegoat, which is the rebel, the anti-hero. So those are the five sort of archetypical roles that people will play in their family systems. And in this episode, we had planned on talking about the mascot role. So the mascot is often the last born in the family system. And what happens with the mascot is they look up the chain and they realize they're not going to be bigger, faster, stronger, or smarter than their other siblings. And most of what they need gets taken care of. In a lot of family systems, the mascot has at least two other people in addition to two parents to take care of them, to entertain them, to bring them what they want, to help them feel better if they're crying or having a tough time. So in many respects, they have kind of an easier go of it. If you ask a lot of youngest children about their upbringing, they'll say, yeah, you know, my siblings were always telling me that I had an easier time of it. (laughs) the firstborn child has to fight to get a car and to get freedom and escape the family and fight to to stay out past 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. or whatever it is in that particular family system. The firstborn child often has a lot of restrictions placed on them. Well, my kid, three, four, or five, people tend to be just a bit more laid back about some of those rules and guidelines. The other thing is, is the youngest child in school will often have a hero ahead of them to sort of pave the way and set some expectations up. In essence, there are a lot of responsibilities that the firstborn has to take on that the lastborn might not have to take on. And that's where we get kind of a mascot role. They get to be cute. 
They tend to tell jokes. They tend to diffuse situations by being funny. And they're really pretty enjoyable to have around as a general rule. Um, everybody has a friend who's really witty or funny or tells some jokes, and that's usually the mascot in the family system. One other thing that's really interesting about family systems is they kind of show up any time you have more than six or seven people in a particular environment, sometimes even less than that. But in a workplace, for example, you'll be able to look around the office and be like, oh, that's the hero. Oh, there's the mascot. There's the lost child, the one who comes into work, does the work, and then is just gone. Interesting. Uh, there's, there's, yeah, and I see you doing it right now. You're yeah, because like, oh, I'm like, oh, I'm oh, labeling everybody. Who's, who goes where? And so we tend to have a role that we'll play. And sometimes it's the same role and sometimes it's a different one. We also tend to switch roles. We don't always, but it's not uncommon for someone to play one role prior to adolescence and then switch their role during adolescence and be able to sort of jump between the two at will. Um, you had mentioned earlier about being kind of both a hero and a scapegoat, mm-hmm. and being able to bounce between the two. And hero scapegoats are really interesting folks to hang around with because they're sort of, uh, it's a personality with a lot of pressure, right? There's a desire to do the right thing, but a real proclivity to, if something's wrong, they call it out, they'll go after it pretty hard. And uh, they can get a, a rebellious streak to them sometimes too, if things... It doesn't sound familiar, I'm no, sure. Not no. at all. Yeah. Get out of my head, man. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're talking about the mascot and how that works, um, the downside, you know, so the upside of the mascot is they're fun and they're mm-hmm. usually kind of cute. One thing you'll almost always find, we mentioned earlier about the stand-up comedians, a lot of stand-up comedians are lost children, and they'll also be named like Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel. They'll be named Eddie, Eddie Murphy. It's not Edmund. Not yeah. even Ed. It's Eddie. It's yeah. a pet name. It's a. Oftentimes they're going to have sometimes several different nicknames in their family system. That's one of the ways they'll be. You'll be able to see. Whereas a firstborn is just as likely to go by their full name as they are by a shortened name, Thomas versus Tom, for example. Um, I go by Gregory sometimes. I'm a firstborn. Greg is is more common for me, but that's so it's not always the case, but. Mm-hmm. We'll see that a lot. But not Greggy for sure. Yeah, no, no, we're not doing Greggy. <laughs> not doing Greggy. That's not happening. So it's really interesting to see the the ways that mascots develop. They're very enjoyable to have around. They can be a little irresponsible. They're not always super good at finishing things. More starters than they are finishers. And they can get by with it because they're charming. Right. Um, They'll, my roommate in college, for example, was very much a mascot, not just in our area, but really amongst the entire campus. He was the kind of guy, everybody, the adults, you know, all the uptight professors who'd gotten their PhDs and gone through life and fought and done everything. He'd walk around, he had this giant mane of hair, <laughs> and he would just walk around and smile and laugh. And uh, he often finished classes a semester or two after they were done. Not uncommon at all. And the professors would say, yeah, you know, get me the paper whenever. And he just had a heck of a time sitting down writing a paper. And so we'd be be in the middle of the next semester and he'd be finishing up the final papers and final exams. Just really amazing things that the the university- That they can get away with, right? He was just, yeah, he just pulled it off. Everybody, he couldn't help but smile when you were around the guy. He was really- enjoyable and entertaining. So is it normally, because I have 
like we've got the old kids and the new kids, which, you know, there's just that six year gap. And so it's just always. Oh, fun fact, a six year gap usually resets everything. Yeah, so, which is funny to me because Joshy, my Joshy is, he's charming and funny and he's fourth born. Oh. But just, uh, it's okay. Like, oh, you didn't pay your phone bill and it's just. Definite mask. I've got you. Yeah, Yeah, I've got, mom will get you. It's okay. So. It's just funny to me because I wondered, I'd heard you say that before, that that six-year gap, but I think he was raised as, you know, the golden child, the yeah, only boy. Always, and so right. he gets like, he gets a free pass and everything with us. And it's just, <laughs> and then our baby is very much, has a firstborn mentality. She's very, yeah. he takes care of business and is a nurturer and, and mm-hmm. takes care of stuff. So, but yeah. Shashi is the the golden goose, yeah, but he's great definitely example a mascot. Of, of a time when it doesn't necessarily take for one reason or another. Yeah. Some family systems too. You mentioned that you had um, um, four girls and a boy. And some family systems, um, if there's one, you know, four boys and a girl, the girl will take that firstborn slot even if she's further mm-hmm. down the line. And same same way, like like the firstborn of a particular gender can sometimes jump into a different space depending on the family system too. So it's always interesting to yeah, I would think the girl would, would have that maternal that maternal instinct. It depends on the girl and the family too. Who knows? Yeah. So is that, what is like the co-role of a mascot? So you see like a hero will sometimes become a mascot. Sure. Can a mascot. Oh, they can all blend together. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's almost a rule, uh, particularly in smaller families to be able to play and uh, to jump into multiple roles. So a mascot mediator is funny and chillaxed and Mm -hmm. really uh, peaceful. Uh, a mascot hero does happen and they'll get it done, but they'll, again, they'll just be funny and kind of uh, laid back as they're doing it. A mascot scapegoat, I, I don't see that combination quite as yeah. often. Um, they tend to be kind of bullies and, and cruel when, that, when those two things combine. Yeah. And the lost child mascot is just a really strong example of um, somebody who's going to use their humor to deflect but be in a fair amount of pain. You know, the, the clown that's crying on the inside is kind of right. an example of that piece. So when you see, you know, the mascot as they're getting older and they're looking to get married or, or find their person, yeah, are they attracted to mascots? Do you see that working oh, or are they more? It, any level of things can work. Two firstborns, for example, are going to achieve a lot, but fight while they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to really struggle to see who's going to be in charge in different situations. And it'll be a lot of power struggle happening there. Two mascots might get married and have a grand old time, but they're going to have some credit card debt. <laughs> they're going to have a lot of of challenges related to impulsivity, and um, that's the biggest the biggest challenge with a mascot in general is just a lot of impulsivity, and they can be pretty irresponsible. They, they don't think to the future. They don't think about consequences because for a lot of their lives, often there just weren't that many. Mm-hmm. So they can sometimes find themselves into a bit of a bind, particularly when they're in young adulthood. They can enter into the real world with a bit of a splash, you know. So would a mascot be better suited with that hero protector type? Again, everybody gets there to each his own or to each her own, I suppose. And you're going to have a lot less conflict in a situation like that. You know, when you have different roles that marry people who play different roles marrying each other, there tends to be, you know, everybody has sort of a a space that they can fill into and it it can be a little bit easier. 
I have a really good friend who is as hero as she can be as far as her family system goes. She's a entrepreneur, very accomplished woman. And she married a man who was uh, very intelligent, probably a mediator, I would guess. And he had an older sister who was as hero as hero could be. And they had just had a great time. Really, really functional marriage, as far as I can tell. I mean, nobody, they're friends. They don't tell me everything, right. I'm sure. But for the most part, just really functional and working. And a lot of it is, you know, he grew up with an older sister who was really driven and successful and accomplishing a lot of things. His older sister, I think, has done uh, some pretty remarkable things. And so he married somebody who was doing that too. And boy, oh boy. Wasn't threatened by it. No, just nothing. It's so... like, and they're just, they just have a great time. Yeah. You know, it's it's really been fun to watch um, them and, and, and watch them as they've grown and, and just see that coupleship working. So the roles, you know, it's not so much that the roles inform a decision to, um, in terms of mate selection, but they do probably influence how the partnership will play out a lot of the time. And there are some real strong predictable patterns in certain partnerships together. The hero and the scapegoat can be a, a pretty entertaining pair if they can get along with mm -hmm. their stuff. Um, if, they, if they can find moderation, for example. Hmm. And sometimes they have a heck of a time because the heroes and the scapegoats don't always like each other. So it's hard to say. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I love kind of getting into all of that as far as the, you know, just the birth order and because it's just so interesting because yeah. it's because you're not wrong. You know, when you speak, I'm like, okay, I have one of those. I have one of those. Yeah. And this all started with the simple question is how, how come I have five kids raised in the same house? It was, you know, pretty normal, pretty healthy environment but they're all very different. They're all very good people, but they're all so very different. Right. And you continue to talk about one kid or one personality trait. And I go, oh my gosh, yes, that's this one. And that's yeah. this one. But, and then you really start seeing, you know, when you start labeling that, I start going, yes, exactly. That's exactly mm -hmm. how they are. So um, let's, so we touched on that one. Sure. Can we next week maybe dive into, what do you, what do you want to talk about oh, next the, week? Well, Which the one? hero is, I can see the, the glimmer in your eye. Yes. Let's talk about the hero. Talk about, so the hero. talk about the hero. I'm excited for, sure. for that one. Um, yeah. And I will, I will not drag you along because I find myself oh, like pulling it. you in those directions where I'm like, talk about me because I'm the hero, right? Like sure. I want to know, like. Well, that's what we all get into this, uh, material for to begin with is to figure mm -hmm. out more stuff about herself. And the benefit is, is when I have um, an understanding of a role, for example, I can look at a, one of my kids who maybe is a mascot and say, oh, this is, this is a real typical pattern of human behavior. And that for some reason, besides just being kind of rewarding for us as human beings, it fosters a bit of compassion and a bit of patience and a bit of tolerance, particularly for ourselves mm -hmm. when I can we all carry a certain amount of shame with us, often a large amount of shame with us. And the shame is designed for self-preservation as well, but that's a whole different discussion for another day. Um, when I can look at my behavior and say, oh, I guess this does make sense. A lot of that shame lightens up. Mm -hmm. And that's, people want that. All of Definitely. us want that. That's why I, I'm here. It's why I got into what I do. I thought, wow, that, that sounds okay. I, I like to understand myself I like to a little be normal better. right I yeah, like it to be I like, to I like okay. knowing everybody's going through that yeah. well and even as a parent where you're like gosh I've 
I don't understand. They're just so hard headed or they're so, you know, just right. always cracking jokes. It's like, it's, it's just not your fault always. I mean, this is just how they're, they're designed to be. And, and you can be a little more compassionate that way. Cause I look back in the now and I go, gosh, I wish I had understood, you know, family traits and family roles and just birth order better, you know, cause I think mm. I would have parented a little differently. I think mm. I would have parented my middle lost child a little differently, or maybe be a, been more in tune with what she needed at that time or, oh, sure, you know, sure. so, but, um, so next week let's talk about the hero. That makes me very happy. Right. And, uh, we'll touch on, get, get them all done. And then Sure, we'll take another. I love talking about family dynamics. I think it's, it's great. It's pretty so, fun. If you guys have questions, um, we've got a couple forms, a couple ways to do that. Facebook, we're going to be sending out our little um, kind of weekly updates of what we're getting ready to talk about. Even if it's completely off topic, send in your questions because we're excited to kind of dive into those. Um, if you want to be a little more anonymous, you can send us an email, um, sales, S-A-L-E-S at signalsaz.com and signals with an S snsaz.com. Um, but we're excited to just kind of get to know, like, you know, what do you guys want to know? Because I can sit here and just talk about me all day because, you know, that's what <laughs> heroes do, right? So thank you so much. Thank you, Greg. Sure. I love having you. Yeah, thank you. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Power of the Mind. If you have a question or something you'd like us to discuss here on Power of the Mind, we would love to hear from you. Our email address is stories, S-T-O-R-I-E-S, at signalsaz.com. That's stories, S-T-O-R-I-E-S, at signals, S-I-G-N-A-L-S-A-Z.com. Look forward to hearing from you.